0: You're listening to Resilient Forward, a podcast show to educate the public on the people, businesses, governments, and nonprofits working on resilient solutions and innovative strategies to our most challenging environmental issues. I am your host, Irela Baguet. A Florida native and environmental advocate, I have seen firsthand the impacts of climate change and its effects on our economy. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and learn something new about the fight against climate change in our path towards a resilient future.
1: Well, thank you for joining us on Resilient Forward. We are currently focusing our communications to provide timely information to our listeners related to the COVID-19 crisis. And today, we are so fortunate to have with us Florida State Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez representing the 37th district, which includes Coral Gables, Pinecrest, Key Biscayne and downtown Miami within Miami-Dade County. Senator, thank you so much for joining us. And I know you're a little limited with time, so we'll get right down to it. We've heard a lot uh, about the awful situation that the unemployed is dealing with right now. And, you know, unable to file applications for unemployment benefits and um, there's online issues, and there's a lack of adequate staffing. Can you share some information on what the state is doing to fix this issue? And um, really, when 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 can these individuals expect to receive some relief?
2: No, thank you. And for a long time, many of us have advocated improvements to our unemployment system, even independent of the current uh, um, economic crisis. In the entire country, we have here in Florida the stingiest uh, uh, unemployment system and one of the worst uh, actual application functions and it was already in a bad state and it's effectively uh, crashed and overwhelmed right now and it's not a hundred percent because of the number of applications but that's obviously the the, the biggest part of it uh, and uh, we have been advocating many of my colleagues and i uh, on a whole range of things the department of of economic opportunity that runs the unemployment assistance program uh, I have been able to get them to do two executive orders to uh, back off of some of the rules that don't make sense during the pandemic uh, like the work search requirement that you know you, you, a table server who's laid off of work here in miami-dade county can't go looking for jobs so that's not a requirement during a a pandemic Um, and they we have been really pushing them and trying to support them as they get uh, the the application system just to function and it's been a real problem one of the things that i'm advocating for now and many others are as well is retroactivity that is Every day that somebody can't get into the, the to complete an application for benefits is potentially uh you know time that they've lost on benefits and that's not good. The governor has said he's open to doing some sort of executive action, uh, but as of right now we still don't know what that is and how far it will go, but we absolutely need that to make sure that people are protected. And I would just encourage people to be persistent because until we have an executive order that allows some retroactivity, people just have to keep trying to get their application completed. Um, There is now a paper application. I was not necessarily a fan of doing that, although for a lot of people it does help. For other people, it it really doesn't help at all. Um, But one of the things that I'm hoping will be finalized soon is I said, hey, now that you have a paper application, why don't you guys turn it into a PDF that has a right. submit function? Um, and I understand now that they're they're going to go in a different direction, but get to that same kind of result. They've been kind of working on uh, an interface like TurboTax or something like that, where it's not quite as easy, but at the very least, you don't have to go to the post office and you can complete your application which is good. Right. And which, which is good reason, because
1: yeah. Neither, yeah the the public does, you know there's a lot of folks that don't have access to, you know, online services and or even a copy machine or you know um, a way to get to the mail, you know, it's it's just a very difficult situation. I want to go back to something that you said earlier about the state being one of the stingiest with re- that's with regard to the pay structure, correct? It's so with the pay structure but also a
2: lot of a lot of rules
1: that are not
2: favorable to um unemployed persons that really, you know, uh, most states don't have. And so, you know, for example, you know, who has to I'm not gonna get into sort of all the legalities, but, but just, you know, you know, if if for example you had to leave your you had you had to leave your job, um, so it wasn't like you really quit, you had to leave, and it wasn't like you were fired, but something in between, you know, you might have to prove that here uh whereas in other states as long as the employer doesn't fight it you might not have to prove it, you know. So those right. types of things. I'm being very vague, but yeah, it's really stingy. And but one of the great things is that th- this uh bipartisan relief package uh out of Congress has uh some what I would call some really good enhancements to our uh system that mean that people uh who are able to apply and qualify will get a lot more than they normally would under the state system and potentially uh very soon uh you'll be able to apply for a program that covers people who don't traditionally fall into the employee bucket right so self-employed contractors gig workers the problem is the same people who can't get who can't seem to get the regular website going are the same people in charge of coming up with the application and you know frankly getting the money out uh, oh <laughs> from the yeah. So that's been kind of my main thing is that like, listen, no matter where you are ideologically, uh, you want them to get this up and running because there's billions of dollars in Washington um, that some other state is going to get their hands on, you know, just because we we can't figure out how to get application system up and running. So that's a Correct. that's a top that's a top top priority, and, and we're making progress. It's not anywhere near as fast as we need it or as as, as I would like it, but. You know, we are well, making progress, and I'm in regular contact with the agency to try to see with, how to pressure them. Well, I,
1: I always say that, you know, challenges bring opportunity. So hopefully this is a good wake-up call for the state to really, you know, you know improve the system, you know, moving into the future so that, you know, when we're hit with a hardship, hopefully never like this again, but, you know, we're able to sustain these kinds of, you know, uh, impacts. Yeah, so well, so many people, so many people out of work.
2: Yeah, looking at it from that perspective, it it can't get worse. So,
1: right. right. Uh,
2: no, I mean, I I'm not I'm not trying to make light of 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 the situation no. with COVID or the economic situation, but our employment unemployment system um, you know, as again, even compared with most of the other states that are don't, don't have very good benefits is really bad. So, that's what I mean, it can't get worse. I know I'm not trying to make light of the the economic situation
1: no absolutely not and you know i think we're we're starting to see some some good things happening i mean i've heard the governor is saying you know spend all the money we need to spend so that we can get this problem fixed and you know staff up and make sure that we have enough people managing these applications and so forth so hopefully we'll start seeing some progress shortly um so and and, and your advice is continue to, to to apply no matter what even if you get booted out of the system just keep doing it
2: yeah because the default rule is that your benefits count um based on the Sunday before you applied, so if you're trying to get in on a Saturday, for example, and you can't get in and you keep you know you give up for a week, you may end up losing a week of benefits or more. Uh, it, it is frustrating. It, not everybody kind of has the stamina to be on the phone for hours and hours or, you know, complete an application halfway five times and then finally get through, it, you know, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but that's unfortunately the situation they've put us in. And so we have nothing – I have no choice but to, con, you know, tell people to continue trying because, um, you know, the stakes are high. You know, people, we want to well, make sure that people get the benefits um, and especially these uh, better federal benefits that are
1: coming. Yes, and and, well, thank you so much for for at least waiving some of those restrictions that didn't seem to make sense during the current situation. Um, Let's pivot over to my favorite subject, (laughs) which is climate change and sea level rise. You've been a big advocate of the fight, um, even before many of your colleagues were, were talking about it seriously. But this session in particular, you were finally able to get some legislation passed. So, talk to us about that policy and and a little bit of how that mindset within that within the state government has changed on this issue.
2: Yeah, well, well, like uh, there are, are so I've been fighting on the issue of, of of climate for a very long time. This is the third legislative session that I wore uh, rain boots during the legislative session, And <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> Yeah, to highlight the need to act on climate and there's really you know there's there's dealing with the causes of it, right, which is energy policy. And there's almost nothing that can happen in Tallahassee without a real big change. Mm-hmm. Um, although we were able to get legislation that, that helps promote electric vehicles. And then when we deal with the impacts of, of climate, th- this was the year, the year where we saw the first really transformative bill on climate. And the reason why I say transformative is because a lot of the stuff we were able to get passed, it, it, you know, in prior sessions was ceremonial or it was like a study of climate. But this is a bill, uh, that I passed. I've been working on it three years. And, uh, this, this year my, my, uh, counterpart in the house was Vance Alupas. And, uh, it was a monumental effort over the last few years to build a coalition, uh, and get this thing passed. And, and Alupas worked very hard in, in, in the house and he deserves a lot of credit this year too. Um, but the bill is very simple it just says that when you're going to spend taxpayer dollar in the dollars in the coastal zone you need to plan for sea level rise and 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 um and storm impacts very simple uh but i think the reason why i call it transformative is because you know in a in about a year or so when this comes into play uh after the rulemaking and everything is is completed then you'll you know people will actually be forced to plan when they're using state taxpayer dollars on coastal infrastructure. And, you know, to me, that's a drop in the bucket. We probably should have done that 20 years ago, right? There's so many other things that I feel like are a higher priority than something like that. Uh, And in particular, uh, I've been talking about health and climate for a very long time. Um, That would be my priority, but this was something that we could get done and move the needle. Uh, Climate and health remain my priority. I'm not gonna link COVID necessarily uh, to, you know, but I think that the scale of some of the public health challenges we face in the future um, mean that we should really learn our lessons from what we're going through now uh, to help protect people in the future.
1: There's no doubt, absolutely. And and um, well, this particular bill. So when you're, you're you're building something in the coastal area and you're spending taxpayer dollars, so this this could be um, you know roads or this could be um, vertical structures, housing communities, what whatnot, but that have some Type of tax um, or you know related, of you know go- government related partnership that would require folks to do a sea level rise and vulnerability report to make sure that they are building the right way, right?
2: Yeah, that that that's exactly right. I mean, the idea is it doesn't require it doesn't obviously it's not changing building codes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, really, what it's doing is it's saying you know the enforcement mechanism is really taxpayers, right? Because if if you're going to build something and you're not going to follow the recommendations to make sure that it's a wise investment for now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, uh, you know, the, the, the taxpayers are going to want to know that, right? If you decide not to follow the recommendations for some reason, you know, very, I can think of a lot of very good reasons why you might not. Um, but, but you at least have to go through that decision-making process and, you know, banking and insurance, they're watching us. They're watching us, our credit rating, uh bond rating, uh, all kinds of things are gonna impact uh constituents and people here in Florida uh, if we don't start taking measures like this. So I think I think it makes sense from an economic standpoint as as well as as uh you know uh, protecting us from climate.
1: Thank you so much for your leadership and taking the time to talk to us today and all that you're doing for the community and be safe and stay safe.
2: Same to you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Jose Javier Rodriguez Thanks. take care. Thank you, Bye-bye.
1: Senator. Bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Resilient Forward. Don't forget to like this episode on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to know more about Resilient Forward or join us as a guest, please visit www.resilientforward.com. Join us next time. And remember, our environment is our economy.